Can reading erotica improve your sex life? Is indulging in erotic content good or bad for your sex life? Jamie Bell, September 8th, 2020, BigThink.com, Sex and Relationships. Benefits of Reading Erotica Erotica is defined as any type of art that is meant to cause sexual ideation or arousal. The main difference between erotica and pornography is that the former is seen as art that has a sexual aspect. While there are many different misconceptions about the consumption of erotic or pornographic content, many studies on this topic prove it may not be as harmful as you think. Erotic literature can allow you to become more comfortable in your sexuality. Communicate easier with your partner may even impact your ability to orgasm. Erotica is defined as any type of art that is meant to cause sexual ideation or arousal. The main difference between erotica and pornography is that the former is seen as art that has a sexual aspect, in quotations, whereas the latter is seen as something that exists solely to create sexual excitement with not much else to offer. The two most common forms of erotica include written erotica, short stories, novellas, etc., audio erotica, audio content with sexual themes. Common misconceptions about written erotica. There are many myths and misconceptions about erotic content. What are the facts? Myth. Women like erotica more than men. While it's a generalization that women prefer erotica and men prefer visual porn, this is not always the case. This 2016 study examined the effects on both men and women who read BDSM-themed erotica. The findings of this study proved that there was no difference in the extent to which the erotic stories aroused men and women. Myth. Erotica and pornography in general are toxic to relationships. This is a widely spread myth about all things pornography. Some people are wary of erotic content because they assume it will hurt the intimacy and sexual desire felt in their relationship. However, according to Regain, a popular couples counseling service, reading erotic literature can help get couples into the mood. This 2018 study suggests whether porn hurts your relationship depends on how your partner feels about you consuming pornographic slash erotic content. For men who are more accepting of pornography, more pornography use is associated with more relationship satisfaction. However, for men who are less accepting of pornography, more pornography use is associated with less relationship satisfaction. Myth, erotica is vulgar and crude. There's a large stereotype about erotic content being vulgar and crude. However, this is not always the case. There are many different kinds of written erotica available. The stories can range from romantic and subtle to aggressive and outrageous. Not all erotica is created to stun and surprise. Some erotica is created to help the reader explore parts of their sexuality they've never experienced before. Myth, enjoying erotica is bad. There are some studies that prove this to be quite false. This 1998 study examined the effects of bibliotherapy, reading therapy on patients with orgasm disorders, sexual dysfunctions, and found that the available evidence warrants the recommended use of self-help books for sexual dysfunction, but only after proper assessment. While erotica may not qualify as self-help to some 
brothers, reading and exploring sexuality through the written word is in fact a form of self-help. How reading erotic literature can improve your sex life. Reading erotica can be relaxing and boost your confidence, allowing you to communicate better with your partner about your sexual needs. Reading relaxes you. Relaxation makes sex easier and more enjoyable. Stress can impact your health in numerous ways, including lowering your sex drive. One of the best ways to relieve daily stress and overcome anxiety is to lose yourself in a good book. According to the World Literacy Foundation, reading has been found to decrease blood pressure, lower your heart rate, and reduce stress. In fact, as little as six minutes of reading can slow down your heart rate and improve your overall health. Reading erotica can rid society of stigmas around sexual satisfaction. According to ABC Life, reading erotica may just be a key to unlocking your sex drive. Kate Cuthbert, a program manager at Writers Victoria, explained that erotica reflects our sexuality in a positive way, unlike in mainstream society where a lot of it can be repressed. Erotic literature can help you discover your sexuality and feel more comfortable. Not only does it relieve stress and anxiety, which can often be barriers to an active and enjoyable sex life, but it can also help you navigate your own sexuality and express yourself in a healthier way. Romance novels are as much about a woman falling in love with herself. In addition to the adventures, true love and fantastic sex, says romance novelist Maya Rodal. Much erotic literature highlights consent and safe sex. While there are some erotic stories that don't discuss things like birth control, safe words and consent, these themes are becoming more and more popular among up-and-coming erotica authors. Erotica can be a safe place to express sexuality and explore curiosities, and it can also promote communication and conversations between partners around safe, healthy, vibrant sex that all parties involved are happy with. Jamie Bell is the author of All the Dirty Little Things, a six-story erotica collection now available on Amazon. Just remember that the Song of Songs, the Song of Solomon is the erotica of the Bible. And I read it quite often, by the way, because of the juicy poetry. Hercampus.com Sex and Relationships Sex Again Nine Ways Reading Erotica Improves Your Life Nine Ways Reading Erotica Improves Your Life by anonymous author uh, Sex, March 7, 2017 at 8 p.m. Before I read, I want to say that between my close relationships, people that I have close relationships with, our favorite subject to talk about is sex, and we say it to each other all the time. Our favorite hobby to do is sex. That makes us quite like-minded. With the recent debut of the Fifty Shades Darker movie, everyone's talking about BDSM, kinky sex, and erotica. Once secretly kept in bedside drawers, erotic stories are now mainstream, and no one thinks twice when they hear that you're reading about the sex they wish they were having. But what is it about erotica that's so appealing? Is it the sexy stories? Is it about getting your mind deep in the gutter? Is it about getting off? Well, the erotica boom is a combination of these three things and more. Here are nine reasons you should pick up an erotic story or two and spend time with some leisurely reading. 
It's like a brain vacation. When you sit down with a good erotica story, it's easy to get swept away in the details. They're often filled with vivid descriptions, steamy dialogue, and raunchy sex scenes. That makes it easy to become absorbed in the story and stop worrying about the dishes in the sink or what you need to put on the grocery list. Instead, you can let your mind wander away with the muscular cowboy who never seems to wear a shirt. It turns you on. Let's face it, erotica is hot. It gets you thinking about sex about passion, about wanting someone so bad you just want to tear into them, and that turns you on. And when you're aroused, you get not only a quick boost to your libido, but a long-term one as well. After all, it's aroused that increases your sex drive and keeps you coming back for more. Most likely leads to orgasms. And if erotica is turning you on, chances are one way or another, you'll probably end up having a few orgasms. One of the great things about orgasm is they bring you benefits whether you enjoy them alone or with a partner. Orgasms feel fantastic. They lower your blood pressure and they increase the love hormone oxytocin, increasing your bonding and giving you that in love feeling. Relieve stress, but oxytocin does more than create butterflies in your stomach and enhance bonding. It also helps you relax. That's because when oxytocin is released in the hypothalamus, it stimulates feelings of warmth and relaxation. It also leads to a decrease in activity in the amygdala, amygdala, the part of the brain where fear and anxiety spawn. Helps you sleep better. Orgasms have been shown to be as effective as prescription sleeping medication helping people fall asleep at night. That's because the feel-good chemicals that get released when your orgasm create a, sed- a sedative effect, getting you prepped for a long night's rest. Reduces pain levels. One of the great benefits of orgasms is they help reduce pain levels, especially pain associated with arthritis and migraines. Research states that this is from the blend of oxytocin and endorphins that are released during orgasm. One study found that women's pain tolerance increased by 74.6% after they, after they, mast, after they are doing masturbation to orgasm. After they masturbation to orgasm. Interesting writing. And unlike pain relievers you get from the pharmacy, these natural painkillers don't reduce sensitivity or feeling, ensuring you get the most pleasure possible from stimulation. Teaches you to be creative. While most women understand that erotic stories are just fiction, erotica can help you add some creativity in the bedroom. Maybe you never thought about being spanked, but after reading a spanking story, you're intrigued about the idea. By reading different types of erotica, you open up both your mind and your bedroom to new, previously untried sexual adventures. Helps you get vocal. Maybe you've always been a quiet one between the sheets. Reading erotica can help you overcome your shyness and learn what words to put together to help you find your voice in bed. Now you can whisper your own sweet nothings in your lover's ear without fearing that you sound like a fool. To hell with the whole, I'd be a damn fool if I'm going to be my true sexual self. Fuck that. If the idea of ad-libbing makes you cl- makes your clam up, try reading some sexy stories together. Who knows, it may become your favorite type of foreplay. Be a secret freak. We all have those seeks. We all have those secret sex fantasies, and erotica gives you a way to safely explore them. Because sure, a gangbang sounds nice, but in reality, that's a whole lot of man sweat and spunk. A lot of people sweat and spunk because we 
value gender and sexual diversity in our inclusive, but more importantly, belonging society. Eventually, you're going to get sore and you'll want someone to go down on you. But no one is going near the pussy. Since we're talking about sex, I use words that people say about people's body parts. And I don't mean to trigger. And I want to say that I refer to people's body parts based on how they tell me to refer to them. So... No, I am not a, I'm not an asshole. I'm not an an asswipe. I'm not an ass crack. I'm not even an ass hat. But no one is going near the pussy. That's just hosted 25 different dicks with their mouth. When you read it in a story, you get to experience all the fun without the hassle and it becomes a win-win situation. What it comes down to is reading erotica is fun, entertaining, and good for your sex life. It gives your mind a break and can lead to more orgasms and better sex. What's not to love about that? What's not to lust about that? Boom, pat, pat, pat. So... I think... I want to be honest about something. I love erotica. I enjoy written erotica. And I enjoy audio erotica. I read them every week. And my sex having gets better and better. And that's one of the reasons why. Erotica helps me sexually, helps my partner sexually. My partners and I, who are women, we enjoy erotica as a part of our sex life. And we enjoy porn. And we enjoy porn as a part of our sex life. Let's get to that. Nine surprising reasons why you should be watching porn. Does porn have any redeeming benefits? By Anna Poli, September 2nd, 2017, 9.58 a.m. UTC time. In this January 21st, 2015 photo, a man takes a picture of a woman at the Avian Adult Entertainment Expo in Las Vegas. The idea that porn stars might have to wear protection in productions filmed in Nevada generated a buzz among some of the 25,000 attendees collecting autographs from porn stars posing in fishnet stockings and bust ears. There's no question that porn gets a lot of things wrong about sex. These days, we can't throw a nipple clamp out of a window without it landing on a study claiming porn is fucking up humanity in some way and probably condemning you for littering. Perhaps a telling example of this is that I typed porn is into Google and this was the only suggestion. Wow. Let me actually... I'm going to actually try that right now. Porn is... Oh my god. Bad and harm are the only things I'm seeing. Is it good or bad? And they go with bad. Wow. Some say 
Porn negatively affects men's feelings toward women, leads to affairs and addiction, and can even adversely impact users' attention span and memory. It remains to be seen what kind of long-term impacts porn will have on us and the upcoming smartphone generations who now have 24-7 access to porn. But little is said about porn's redeeming benefits. Ooh. What, if any, are the ways that porn is good for us? Let's, as they might say in a porn, go deep. Balls deep. Pussy deep. One, does porn make men see women as objects? Who knows? I'm just a table who somehow knows how to type. I kid, I kid. But let's not forget that we have treated women like objects for centuries, in capital letters, long before cheerleaders began having frolicsome locker room orgies. Can we really say that porn is the cause of this objectification? Is it leading to more widespread abuse or is something deeper at play? According to The Atlantic, the ubiquitous of porn has correlated with a drastic decline in sexual abuse toward women. In fact, as pornography's accessibility has exploded from 1990 or so, sexual assault rates have gone down by 55% in the last 20 years, according to the National Crime Victims Survey. There is no more extreme or pernicious act of using and abusing women as sexual objects rather than treating them as humans. And to get rape, rape rates, whoo, whoo. Um, oh, ugh, um, as low as porn saturated 2013 and 2014, you've got to go back to the 70s. The reason why I had that drama just now is the concept. I felt like it was fucking me up at that moment. Furthermore, in a 2009 paper published in the International Journal of Law and Psychiatry, Milton Diamond reviewed a broad number of studies that have explored the supposed ill effects of pornography and he concluded, if anything, there is an inverse causal relationship between the increase in pornography and sex crimes. No such cause and effect has been demonstrated with any negative consequence. Two, porn increases sexual and overall satisfaction. This may sound simple, but watching porn tends to, well, make people feel good. A 2008 study by researchers studying hardcore porn's effects on Danish men and women found that respondents construed the viewing of hardcore pornography as beneficial to their sex lives, their attitudes towards sex, their perceptions and attitude towards members of the opposite sex, toward life in general, and overall. The paper's abstract ends with, we conclude the overall findings suggest that many young Danish adults believe that pornography has had primarily a positive effect on various aspects of their lives. Next time anyone mentions self-care to you, in quotations, perhaps you should consider increasing your life satisfaction by engaging in some hand-to-gland combat. Three, porn encourages masturbation. In spite of persistent myths and false information, blindness, hairy palms, etc., research has consistently shown that masturbation is healthy, increases one's fertility, and can even make us better partners because people who masturbate are taking care of their own sexual needs. And what facilitates masturbation better than porn? What about my rich interior sexual imagination, you ask? That's all well and good, but for the 99% of us who aren't Amelie, who we need a little extra help. Did I say her name right? Yes, I'm doing this. Okay, you might hear me um, press something that says a name. Uh, so, this, local this is, is the YouTube ad. 
So I'm skipping the ad. Hey, Melee. Yeah, I'm going to just keep going. That's what y'all heard. I just wanted to try my best to be respectful. We need a little extra help. Need more reasons? According to Planned Parenthood, masturbation releases sexual tension, reduces stress, helps you sleep better, improves your self-esteem and body image, helps treat sexual problems, relieves menstrual cramps, and muscle tension, and strengthens muscle tone in your pelvic and anal areas. Thus reducing women's chances for UTIs, incontinence, and other fun things like uterine prolapse and men masturbation helps reduce the risk of prostate cancer. Okay, it's bothering me. I still need to say her name right. I can't let this go. Damn it, I'm not going to let this go. Okay. Hopefully, they can quickly just say her name. Pronouncenames.com Emily. 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 Okay, I can go for it now. For porn is a form of safe safe sex. Unlike physical sex, watching porn spreads no diseases, leads to zero pregnancies, and doesn't engage with vicious judgments like slut shaming. Unless you know you're into that. Don't be into that. Yes, I'm I'm putting a moral judgment. Do not be into slut shaming. Slut shaming is fucked up. Plus using porn. To satisfy one's sexual needs is safe, free to cheap, and convenient. It can even be used as a sex aid for IRL sex, as many couples can attest. Porn can actually help foster emotional sexual intimacy, says psychologist David Schnark, author of Resurrecting Sex, Solving Sexual Problems, and Revolutionizing a Relationship. A significant portion of our work in helping couples develop a deeper sexual connection is through erotic images. Erotica, as well as couples' own masturbatory fantasies, can be useful tools for helping them develop as adults. 5. Porn makes you better at math. Even if you're not masturbating, simply watching porn or reading erotica helps alleviate stress. It's impossibly the best study in existence from Carnegie Mellon. Researchers force men to look at semi-erotic photos like Think Victoria's Secret catalogs and then take a math test. Results show that the men who looked at erotic photos actually did a lot better on the test than men who had, I guess, flipped through better homes and gardens, in quotations. Why? Looking at semi-erotic pictures reduced men's cortisol, the stress hormone, by half. Lower stress equals better concentration and better mental performance in general. This is also true of women, so ladies, the next time you find yourself faced with a long division problem, perhaps you should pick up that Fifty Shades of Grey novel. 6. Porn helps to normalize desires. Do you enjoy getting off to women farting on cakes? What about popping balloons between your legs? Dressing up as pandas, Harry Potter, Ronald McDonald? Do you like having sex with your car? If you can conceive of a desire, there's an extremely good chance that internet porn exists to accommodate it. The Cornucopia, the Cornucopia 
The cornucopia of triple X rated images and videos helps to eradicate sexual stigma and reduce shame by showing would be wankers that they aren't alone, that their desires are legitimate, that while certain fetishes may not be as popular as others, they are out there. Nevertheless, and this is a good thing. Seven, mainstream porn gives rise to awesome, queer, diverse indie porn. No one questions that mainstream porn has a lot of short corn. No one questions that mainstream porn has a lot of shortcomings. But one amazing upside of mainstream porn's profound lack is that we now have tons of sex positive, feminist, queer, indie, hairy, non binary, body positive, and ethical porn to choose from. Sites like the Pink and White Productions, Indie Porn Revolution, Naughty Natural, FTM Fucker, and many others are changing the porn game, allowing new diverse desires to be seen and enjoyed and wanked to. Plus, as I have written before, DIY porn is also seeing its day in the sun, with directors like Madison Young urging folks to get behind and in front of the camera. We can't wait for the mainstream to represent our stories and our sexuality in a way that is authentic and resonates with us. Young told me in a previous interview, it's up to us, the artists, the activists, to care about and create change for the cultural advancement of our communities and the way in which we are represented as individuals and sexual beings. There's no better way I can think to stick it to the man than by sticking it to yourself and supporting indie artists and entrepreneurs. Eight, porn helps you figure out what turns you on. How do sexual beings find out what they like in bed? Unless you are one of the few liars, excuse me, people who only jerk it while thinking of their monogamous partner, you're probably getting your fantasy fodder from porn and erotica. It is, after all, like masturbation, one of the tools that are disposed to find out what turns us on. This is especially true for folks with non-mainstream desires like queer people, kinksters, and those into BDSM. Initiated masochist doesn't just wake up one day, throw on a ball gag in a rodeo clown outfit, and head down to their local dungeon for some impact play and some needling. Porn is one of the ways we educate ourselves about ourselves, our desires, our heart knows, our heart ons, what delights us, what discusses us, and what discusses us in a way that actually maybe we might sort of like with the right person in the right circumstance. It's a safe, judgment-free way to explore, expand our horizontal horizons, and learn about the wild, wild world of arousal. Lesson number nine, porn is entertaining. Without the existence of smut, this Tumblr of indifferent cats and amateur porn also would not exist. Is that really a world you want to live in? Neither would safe-for-work porn, whereby porn stills are digitally altered to appear as if porn performers are saying enjoying a, a cola, shaving a poodle, or helping Santa Claus deliver some presents. Then there's blackboards and porn whereby a porn where, uh, whereby a person analyzes the math equations, grammar lessons, and other writing on blackboards in the backgrounds of porn videos. E equals MC bar Baird. And let's not f- forget just another IKEA catalog, a Tumblr dedicated to Scandinavian modern style furniture and, and accessories and amateur pornography. The list goes on and on. So I must admit that I am a person who is pro the entire sex industry. I am a person who's pro the entire adult entertainment. And I am a person who is pro the entire adult sex trade.
not human trafficking, consensual adult entertainment. That's what I mean when I say I'm pro the entire sex industry, all adults only, no abuse, that's it. Okay. So lastly, almost everyone looks at erotic contents. Let's talk about Healthline.com. Health equals healthy sex. Looking at erotic porn is normal. I don't remember the first time I watched an erotic video, but I remember the first time I got in trouble for it. True Blood, a steamy HBO adaptation based on Charlene Harris's beloved book series, The Southern Vampire Mysteries, first aired in fall 2008. I was 15 and I was obsessed. You could argue that True Blood counts as erotic content. It does have more than its fair share of explicit sex scenes after all, but it wasn't watching True Blood that landed me in hot water. Likely because my mother didn't know I was watching it, but that's a story for another time. Anyway, it was what came on afterward. Back in those days, HBO aired adult movies and TV shows late at night. I fell asleep with the TV on. Something pornographic came on while I was sleeping. My mom heard the moans, and the rest is history. Up until that point, I'd been raised with my mother's beliefs that sex before marriage is a sin, masturbation would land me in hell, and watching other people have sex would further separate me from God. She didn't believe that I had fallen asleep with the TV on, so she pulled me from my slumber to put the fear of God back into me. Where sex negativity begins. Unfortunately... My mother wasn't and still isn't alone in these beliefs. Many people share the same negative and often harmful feelings about sex and sexuality. Oftentimes, people associate these attitudes collectively considered to be a form of sexual repression with religious upbringings, although that was certainly a factor in my own sex-negative childhood and adolescence. It's far from the only cause. Traditional ideas about sexual behavior can also stem from things like misinformation or lack of information from caregivers, teachers, and other sources, strict views and expectations of gender roles at home, school, and other environments, negative personal experiences with sex and sexuality such as receiving a fear-based sex education and having unsatisfying sexual encounters and that's just what i can name off the top of my head how individual beliefs shape the information we're given all the factors mentioned above roll up into the way we think about our own sexuality and how we do or don't express it over time and our beliefs have a habit of shaping our expectations for those around us regardless of whether we know them personally or in passing A good example of this is the way secondary schools handle sex education. You'd be hard-pressed to find a school that offers a comprehensive, let alone accurate, sex ed curriculum that covers the full breadth of adolescent sex and sexuality. And to be clear, talking about porn and other forms of adult entertainment is a crucial component of a comprehensive sex education. Why we need to talk about explicit content. A widely shared figure claims that the average child is around 11 years old when they're first exposed accidentally or intentionally to pornographic material. Research conducted in 2019 by the British Board of Film Classification, BBFC, offers more context. After surveying 1,142 children ages 11 to 17, researchers found that 51% of 11 to 13-year-olds reported that they had seen pornography at some point. 66% of 14 to 15-year-olds reported that they had seen pornography at some point. That, if nothing else, demonstrates why adult entertainment should be a part of secondary sex education curriculum, and the conversation shouldn't stop there. One study published this year in the Journal of Sex Research looked at the way 
1,392 adults ages 18 to 73 interact with porn, if at all. Researchers found that of their sample group, 91.5% of men and 60.2% of women reported using porn in the past month. It's clear that people of all ages are being exposed to or are actively engaging with pornographic material. So let's treat it like we would any other need-to-know subject or skill. Making informed decisions. To be clear, porn and other forms of adult entertainment aren't inherently bad. They are inherently good. That's me saying that. And for what it's worth, premarital sex and masturbation aren't inherently bad either. Premarital sex and masturbation are inherently good. That's me saying that again. Pornographic photos, books, and recordings aren't evil. That also means that, this is me saying it, putting my two cents in it, pornographic photos, books, and recordings are good. Sex workers aren't victims. Getting turned on by an ethically produced scene or scenario isn't going to land you on Santa's naughty list. In fact, sex work is good. Sex working is good. And sex workers are awesome. They are wonderful human beings, sex workers are. Ethical, however, is the key word here. Adult entertainment, no matter its form, refers to media or interactions created by consenting adults for the purpose of sexual arousal or pleasure in other consenting adults. It doesn't refer to the non-consensual buckets of media or interactions so often referred to as porn, in quotations, and credited for, quote-unquote, destroying our culture or decaying our moral character, in quotations. So-called revenge porn, for example, isn't porn at all. It's a collection of sexual media created by one person for the enjoyment of the person they gave it to, not for the entertainment of any other person who happens to come into contact with it. Learning how to tell the difference between content voluntarily created for public adult consumption of photos, videos, or other materials that were not is key to developing a healthy relationship with adult entertainment. My women partners and I We have a healthy relationship with adult entertainment individually and collectively. We, my women partners and I, we enjoy pornographic photos. My women partners and I enjoy pornographic books. And my women partners and I enjoy pornographic recordings. We love sex work and sex workers. And we are ethical when it comes to our adult entertainment comes to us having sex and when it comes to us engaging sex and sexuality through pornography viewing them fingering themselves to pornography my masturbating to pornography by jacking the wood off and we self-pleasure to Um, audio erotica and written erotica. It helps our sex life. Just being truthful. Another key factor, understanding what porn and erotica are and aren't. For example, adult entertainment is just that entertainment. It isn't educational material and isn't meant to serve as or supplement sex education, even though porn can be a healthy sex education. It depends on how you use it. Like, I intellectualize porn whenever I see it. And it helped me to understand what it... It's one of the 
ways to help me to understand what it meant what it means to be a sensitive lover how to be one how to get into being a sensitive lover how to stay being a sensitive lover most of all importantly where to start over the next couple of months we'll be going back to the basics to provide you with the tools you need to create a healthy relationship with porn erotica again my women partners and i we have a healthy relationship with porn erotica individually and collectively should that be a form of media you're interested in and working with sex workers to do it? My women partners and I will have a healthy relationship with sex and sex workers. That's the truth. And, and we have a healthy relationship with sex and se- sex work. My women partners and I have a healthy relationship with sex work and sex workers individually and collectively. Clinical research and literature aren't the definitive voice in sex work and adult entertainment. The folks who work or have worked in this industry are. We'll be leaning on and elevating the voices of folks who know this industry best to ensure that you're getting the most informed advice on how to build or refine your relationship with adult, with adult, with adult content. My women partners and I, we individually and collectively build and refine our relationship with adult content. The first in the series, all of which is penned by sex and wellness writer Gabrielle Castle, looks at how OnlyFans and other social platforms fit into the adult entertainment landscape. Intrigued? Check back here to learn more. We'll be updating this page with links to each article as they publish starting November 2nd. Catching up on what you missed. This is Healthline. You can say it's audio, written, erotica, more ethical than photo or video. Feminist and ethical erotic content has gone mainstream but is it legit it's following an instagram model the same as subscribing to only fans are watching tube sites now you can watch that i'll answer the first one make it easy to me i like photos and videos as equally as audio or written erotica they're both equally ethical to me feminist and ethical erotic content has gone mainstream is it legit to me it is and following instagram model the same subscribing to only fans are watching tube sites to me, they're the same because um, you get the best out of both worlds, erotically speaking, maybe even sexually speaking. Um, free erotic content, awesome. And they talk about you know how to explore erotic content we already talked about it, so we need to get into that. Tess Catlett is a sex and relationship editor at Healthline, covering all things sticky, scary, and sweet. Find her unpacking her hair trauma, crying over hairstyles on Twitter. There's a right creator for that. You know the thing you're into. An adult's got exploring erotic content with your partners. An adult's got exploring erotic content. It's really matter if you use free erotic content. And I do want to make it clear, if you choose to not masturbate, that's okay. If you choose to not have premarital sex, that's okay. If you choose not to premarital kiss, that's okay. If you choose not to live together unmarried, that's okay. If you choose not to procreate and rear kids and impregnate unmarried, that's okay. Those are all um, highly respectable um, ways of living. I personally disagree 
with those ways of living, but those ways of living should be honored, respected, and highly regarded because that is how some people have discovered their healthy sexuality. That's who they are. And when I say highly regarded, it meaning it should never be made fun of in a way that is being cruel to people, okay? Um, I just could not get off this episode without saying that because I believe in being respectful with people I agree with, people that disagree with, doesn't matter. Respect is that big of a deal to me. Okay, I want to be honest about something. Would I ever go to adult movie theaters? Yes. Would I ever go to sex shops? Yes. Would I ever go to strip clubs? Yes. Would I ever... Um... Go to peep shows? Yes. As long as they're all... Um... Ethical... Mindful and humane? Yes. Um... Would I ever engage in sex toys, the ones between women and myself? Yes. Would I, do I enjoy pornographic films, pornos? Yes. Do I enjoy erotic films? Yes. Do I enjoy sex films? Yes. Do I view sex-oriented men's magazines? Yes. Do I pleasure myself to pornography? Do I watch, yes. Do I watch pornography without pleasure myself? Yes. Um, host, would I ever attend host and hostess clubs? Wait a minute, hold on. Let me make sure I get it right. Would I ever go to hostess clubs? Yes, I would. They employ primarily female staff and cater to men seeking drinks and attentive conversation. In a type of nightclub found primarily in Japan, I would go to hostess clubs. Yes, yes, I would. Um... Do I enjoy sex-related products and services? Yes. Um, now, do I think highly of prostitution? Yes. Would I ever have consensual um, relations with sex workers? I've said that before, but let me say it again. Yes. All these things about me, prostitution, strip clubs, hostess clubs, Pornography, sex-oriented men's magazines, sex movies, sex toys, and sexual fetish, and sex-related pastimes, and BDSM paraphernalia, and sex channels for television, and prepaid sex movies for video on demand, and adult movie theaters, sex shops, peep shows, and strip clubs. I would enjoy myself to all these things. I would go to all these things. I would do all these things. Um... In three words, ethical, mindful, humane. When it comes to the entire sex industry, between consensual adults only, no torture, 
I am 100% ethical, I'm 100% mindful, I'm 100% humane. I would only have sex with sex workers and escorts and prostitutes um, every now and then for the most part my sex is free not just with them because they would be my friends but with other women too I yes I would do all these things I would I'm just honest I am a very honest person Now, let me be clear about something. Do I like the nightlife? Yes. I I love the nightlife. I love going to bars, pubs, nightclubs, parties, live music concerts, cabarets, theater, cinemas, and shows. But... My nightlife in the pubs, bars, nightclubs, parties, live music, concerts, cabarets, theaters, seminars, and shows are all 100% mindful, 100% ethical, 100% humane when it comes to me. I am a night oil. I'm a night owl. Yes, I'm a night owl, but I'm a humane, ethical, and mindful night owl, 100% on all three, including my being a night owl. So, yes, I love the nightlife. Um, I consider myself to be social drinker of alcohol and you know I have some sin city within me um I am a I I would on occasion smoke weed recreational weed on occasion the reason why I can't do alcohol, marijuana, and the sex industry all the time because of my CEO of an international organization job that I'm going to have someday. And that's the reason why I can't do the nightlife all the time. But I said in other episodes, I would do the nightlife every month. Alcohol and marijuana every now and then socially, but I can't do it a lot because I got to be sober most of the time with my job. So all these, and I would do gambling, but I only bet a dollar or le- a dollar or less. I would never bet anything more than a dollar because I am that very frugal of a person. Uh, would I ever go to a betting shop? Yeah. It says legally play, so if it says legally, then I'm going to do it. Um, Australia, New Zealand, Ireland, I would. But again, I would bet a dollar or less. So, would I ever go to red light districts and enjoy myself? Yes. Would I ever go to pleasure districts and enjoy myself? Yes. Self-explanatory. I had fun at Brothers. What? Um, I'm just honest about the life that I plan on living. Um, I like clubbing, drinking, go go bars.
and legal massage parlors, as long as they're legal, then I'll do it. If it's not, then there's no way in hell I'm doing it because I don't feel like having the law enforcement feel free to get at me. You know what I'm saying? So I hate political corruption. I am not a fan of organized crime. I am not a fan of gang activity. Um, I'm not a fan of police corruption. I'm not a fan of bribery. Okay? I'm not a fan of scams. I am... You know... I'm just not a fan of any kind of corruption at the same time. Well, obviously I'm not a fan of bank robberies, no. Um, I have a soft spot in my heart for people suffering with drug addiction. And I hope that they are able to have the love that they need. So they can live lives of true peace. You know what I mean? So that's why I don't, I tend not to be harsh to drug addiction because I understand what can drive somebody to it. So I'm, a little, I'm very much soft on that. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of any organized crime and gang activity, period. Too much to list, but you know how I feel. Um, I engage in I engage in natural, mindful, ethical, and humane promiscuity. You know, I do have sex in moderation with many women and many others women. Um. Let me see here. I engage in natural, mindful, ethical, and humane non-monogamy. I engage in natural, ethical, mindful, and humane casual sex. I engage in natural, mindful, ethical, and humane casual dating. I engage in natural, mindful ethical and humane casual relationships. Um, I engage in natural, mindful, ethical and humane romantic friendships. These are all with women. Um, This is the life that I live. And I just had to tell the truth about it. So I do all these things, but I do all these things legally. None of them are illegal in my life because I only do these things that I said in legalized areas. If they're illegal in illegal areas, I am nowhere to be found in those areas doing anything illegal because I am not a person of illegality. I'm only a person of legality. Okay, so now you know me, fully know me. So I want to thank you all for hearing my heart, you know. 
and it's very much appreciated. <coughs> Just getting myself some water. Thank you, for on. Oh, that's much better. Thank you for listening. You heard me burp. Hey, I am who I am. Excuse me, y'all. All right. I'm going to definitely get some sleep after this, but this has been really great. Technically, this is my last episode about my sex life, so you pretty much know who I am. Let me tell you about the types of women I like. Can we just wrap up with that? Well, let me see if we can wrap up with that. I am all around attracted to women from Asia, Africa, North America, South America, Europe, Australia, and Antarctica. I know that people are like, there's no women from Antarctica. If there were, I'd be all around attracted to them. I'm just saying. I like all kinds of women of all kinds of human statuses. As they say in one of that song, I like all the women. That's true. I like Jilfs. I like MILFs. I like PYTs, 21 and older. Um... I like Brazilian women. I like BBWs, plus size and full figured women. I like dark black skinned black women. I like brown skinned black women. I like light skinned black women. I like Latinas. I like women of Hispanic um, descent of all kinds. Um, I like foreign women. Um, I like Native American women. I like Native slash Indigenous women. I like Middle Eastern women. I like African women, especially dark black-skinned black African women. I like dark black-skinned black women from Jamaica and America and everywhere else. As you know, chocolate's my favorite. Uh, What else I like? I... Like, hmm. Like, I explore entire female bodies with my hands, with my mouth, with my teeth, with my tongue, with my lips, with my fingers, and with my eyes. And they explore, and women explore my entire male body in all the same ways too, right? I I couldn't leave that alone. We explore each other's bodies from head to toe, up to down, side to side, front and back, all around. Round and round it goes. That's how we are. Um, Let me see. Um... This is definitely what I like. And I said it before this last time I say it. I like women with heavy, full breasts, squishy tummies, generous buttocks, 
thick thighs, full-figured, curvy, chubby, or as they say, fat, as well as they say, larger, and with extra junks in their trunks. That's me. <laughs> um, I do love what I love. Let's see what other women I like. Oh, I like Afro-Dominican women. I like Afro-Latinas. I like Afro-anything women. You know, women from the Dominican Republic. Okay, I just said that. You're repeating yourself, homie. All right, what else? Um, That's pretty much it. You know, I like women. I like physically strong women. I like shy, quiet women. I like tall women. Um, I like sexually aggressive women. I like physically aggressive women. That also means sexually aggressive women. That was just me repeating myself by rephrasing myself, rewording myself. Um, I like all women. I like all kinds of women as long as they are anti-bullshit, sweethearted, and they live positive lives. They're wholesome and wholeness people. They're not too much not to live just right when it comes to their personality, disposition, temperament, and character. They're noble characters. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, again, when it comes to my sex life, I spend most of my time with women not having sex with them. Most women I meet, there's no sex. That's great. Because we spend a lot of our time enjoying our interpersonal attraction, interpersonal ties, interpersonal communication, our shared social life, um, our emotional intimacy, um, our friendly physical intimacy and all each and every kind of intimacy that we share that's what we have i do have intimate relationships with women that are mindful ethical natural and humane everything about my life with women and my life with myself is naturally is natural ethical mindful and humane okay so we all have, you know, social support, all that, all kinds of support. That's what we have together, women and myself. So this is it. Um, and as I close, I am a secular leftist. And as I really close, this is the last time you hear me say this, in every which way I am naturally, mindfully, ethically, and humanely Free thinking, free living, free loving, free spirited, nonconformist, maverick, non traditional, and unconventional. Okay. Um, I'm a member of the secular movement, and I I have a secular spirituality. I'm all things secular, um, 100%. And that's natural, mindful, ethical, humane. All things me are natural, mindful, humane. And ethical 100% in every which way. Lastly, I do want to say that I do have a um, a sky high sex drive, and 
I pleasure myself. I enjoy erotica and porn with or without self-pleasuring. And I do all that in my bathroom. Um, just telling the truth. And let's see. I am not a person that does celibacy nor abstinence. And I respect those who do. I respect their choices. Um, to each their own, but um, those things aren't for me. Even though I'm a sexually disciplined person, 100%. Um, that makes me. That means that my sexuality is mindful, ethical, humane, and natural. And I say this before I close, because I really gotta go to sleep. Is that I am not a prude. I don't do prude shaming though. I am a kinkster. And I am extremely comfortable with nudity, sex, sexuality, eroticism, nail nine arts. Mm-hmm.